You know, you talk there about high, having high standards being one of the really important things mm. for your kids. This is something that clearly, you know, was demonstrated when you got to Old Trafford and you, you joined Manchester United um, with for that record transfer. But how did how did they create high standards at Old Trafford versus the other clubs you'd played at? What you know, West Ham and Leeds, etc. What was it they were doing that kept those standards so high? You then also talk about going to QPR and seeing low standards mm. and. Uh, certain type of negativity in the changing room but what was it that they were doing or not doing because I want to create high standards in my team and within my life so good habits right every day good habits whether it's punctuality again work ethic attention to detail intensity when you're, you're training on a training pitch respecting each other like all those things just they come together and it creates a culture mm. at the club and I'd been at West Ham, I'd been at Leeds, two very good clubs, great clubs. Um, but they they didn't have that that culture which meant there was ability to win. But it starts from somewhere. So Alex, so Alex Ferguson already won at Aberdeen. So he, could, he, he knew how to create that culture. He went to, to Man United, didn't have that winning mentality at the time when he went there. He created that. And it all stems, I always think great leadership is definitely what gives you an opportunity to be successful. And I, I noticed that throughout my career. And when you've, you've set the foundations and you've created that culture, you don't, as a, as, a, as a leader, have to be there every day in that sense. He was at the training ground every day. How many times do you think he came into our changing room? No idea. You wouldn't feel one hand? Really? No, never came in the changing room, in the training ground. We're there every day. Because he, he knew that the culture was set and then he had lieutenants like me, Giggsy, Gary Neville, etc., who were then filtering that down mm. to any of the younger players or the new signs mm. who didn't know the culture yet. And then, that, then those players became the, the culture leaders. And so it was, it was crazy, man. And, and even, for instance, if he wasn't at the training ground watching training, the training intensity might drop that little 1%, 2%, but you'd notice it because the manager's not there. Because he wasn't in the building. Because he wasn't, you didn't, you didn't feel him, that aura that he could be on his phone making bets, which he normally would be, <laughs> not interested in training, but his presence alone was enough. And it just made, when you look back and you think it's, it's leadership is just key. And we were talking about investing earlier. Yeah. You don't, like investing in the, the, the leader. The people, yeah. The people. Like, it's, it's so important, I think. And it, I think every industry is like that. Football's where I'm from and that's what it's like there. But I see what, since I've retired, that's replicated in other industries, 100%. Isn't it funny as well with culture? Because you're right, what you said there is basically like, what I've, something I used to think at Social Chain, which is if a culture is strong enough, new people become like the culture. If this culture is weak, the culture becomes like the new people. 100%. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 you couldn't have put it any better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you an example. Like, and I, again, I didn't, I didn't say it as eloquently as that when I was playing <laughs> football, but Berbatov came to Man United. Oh yeah, casual babs. He was wicked player, beautiful touch, sexy looking footballer, wicked. And before a big Champions League game, I think it was Barcelona, he just weren't working hard enough for the team. And I need, I had the ball on this side of the pitch, and I needed him to come over and help. Mm. Man, he's just walking like, and I ended up just kicking the ball off and going crazy. What you do? Get over. What's that? Wait, when I get over, then we'll do it. And that's again, that's not our culture. Mm. At Barcelona, they play, they wait. They, that's their culture. That's not our culture. You want to play Barcelona, wait, go Barcelona. Mm. Here, it's not the same. 
And if you don't buy into our culture, you won't be here long. Mm. And that's the way it was at United. If you came and you weren't in the, you didn't buy into the culture and immerse yourself in it and become part of the fabric of the place, you weren't there more than a year or two. Or you definitely wasn't an integral member of that squad. And so it was definitely, like you say, the culture is just, you have to become part of that culture that you go into if it's strong enough. You see this in business, it's crazy. You should do, I feel like the perspective you've got from being in that changing room and understand, because this it's the same principles in mm, business. Yeah. It was the same at Social Chain and when, when, when we grew the company and I realised that I had to be like- Did you I'm, drive that? 100%. Mm. And my, like it got to the point where what you've described is people would understand who we were without us having to say, and you would have your disciples basically introducing new people to the company and going, that's not a social chain thing to do. <laughs> and we'd get that all the time. You'd say, you people in the office would go, and for example, and the crazy, the other point I was going to say is, when the culture's that strong, you, it's so easy to see when someone doesn't fit or mm. they don't stand out. We had, you know, someone start on their first day at social chain and they're doing their initiation. And then they, at the end of the initiation, they f- did two middle fingers and then walked back to their desk. I said, go get him. We fired him. He's gone. First day at Social Chain. And then the second, wow. the second instance where, and it sends a message to the team mm. because they, I never knew, I, it was instinctive to me. I said, that's not a Social Chain person, get them out. There was another instance where we had a girl join who someone had hired and they told me that she used to like bully people at her last place and she had like a really bad attitude and stuff. And actually one of the guys, two of the guys in our team said, oh yeah, we used to work with her and she was a bit of a bully. So uh, I, I, I remember having the conversation and I said, you can't, like I, in a very, very nice way, I said, she, she can't be here tomorrow because that's not who we are here. And my team were like, but we need her for this client. We need her for this project. I was uncompromising. I said, no, we're not having her here. Mm. I don't care if we lose the job. You know, I can't, I used to say to my team, I can't have my name attached to a culture like where we have people in it who are like that. So she's gone today. We'll figure it out. If we lose the client, whatever. And and it wasn't until years later that you hear the team come back to you and they say that moment where you, you weren't willing to let that person we needed in the team because they weren't right for the culture. Mm. They, the team said that to me. And that's exactly what I hear from you. Mm. I'm not blowing smoke at my own ass because I didn't realise no, that. But you've recognised that. It, the- it, was, it, was, it wasn't intentional. It was, I just wanted to enjoy my life and the company to be a really, really clear certain way. And I felt that that's what we needed to do to succeed. And in hindsight, and as you say it to me, I'm like, oh yeah, it was no, being unnegotiable, right. right? Yeah, and that's what Sir Alex Ferguson was great at. If he saw something that was going to be detrimental to the culture of the club, it was out. That was a non-negotiable. Even if you needed them. So you look at Roy Keane. Yeah, yeah. was the captain, was the leader. The rules were broken, you're gone. David Beckham, mm. peak of his powers. Mm. Going out of a Spice Girl, bringing all sorts of eyeballs to the football club, making it an international play. See you later. Yap Stam, the best centre-half in the world at the time, said something about some of the players in a book or something. Goodbye. Ruud van Nistelrooy, the best number nine in the world at the time. Goodbye. Like, if you don't fit the culture and you don't adhere to the rules that are there, good night. And we'll move on. And we'll build around other people. It's crazy. It's like, and at the time you sit there and you think, Bex, you can't sell Bex, man. (laughs) Jesus, who's going to come in? Like, it's like... Number seven, sells all the shirts. Like everyone loves him. Everywhere we go, Bex is like a Beatles. Like crazy. Same with Ruud van Nistelrooy. You're thinking, how are we going to score goals now, man? Who's going to score us the goals? Rooney and, and Ronaldo are, are really young, still inexperienced. But he had that belief and that vision just to like, it was the culture over everything. No one's bigger than the club. Yeah, no one's bigger than the club. It's so true, man. And, and again, like you say, that reverberates around the dressing room. Mm. Right, you better stay in line. You better just like 
live by the rules that are here already and stay part of that culture, the hard work, the intensity, the respect. And so that you, he, he would dig out the most experienced player who hasn't even done anything. And you sit there and go, what like, what are you shouting at me for? But he was doing that to you because he knew you could take it, but the effect that it have on the young ones or the other ones. Do you know what I mean? So playing the mind games, man, I love it. It's good. But you only, re- it's the mad thing is, when you're in it, you like know. you're saying, you're talking about social chain, you probably didn't realise at the time. <laughs> but when you sit back and you're outside and you look back in that bubble, you think, shit, man, yeah. That's why I, I didn't think about it, but that's why I've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And I'm right now or I'm wrong, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? And that's how you think about like certain things that Fergie done. You think actually, he weren't just lucky, man. He actually obviously was plotting and planning that type of stuff. I am... Um- I wonder how much of that stuff was intentional with him though, in terms of like, he, I'm sure he wasn't going in the back room and planning it. It's just like, surely it's just like who he was. And I sometimes think, you know, you get managers that'll come into clubs and they'll try and be like Fergie, but you can't because you can't act for that long and that consistently. Because from what you're saying about Fergie, it's like, it's not like four things he's doing. It's a thousand things he's doing consistently, which show his values, mm. right? And you can't act for 27 years, whatever it is, across a thousand touch points. So it makes me feel like they how do you teach that? Like it was, in, it was it almost feels like it was just instinctive to Fergie. Yeah, I think it was instinctive. He was, he's that was just him. He, and, and don't forget his experience as well would have played a big part in that. He was at the club for like 26 or so years, 27 years. So that's, there's a, a valuable amount of experience gained in that time. But I always look at it like when I went into the main United change room, I sat there and just looked around and thought, who's good at what? And let me just take elements of the, of these people and add it to my my game and my preparation and my recovery. And that's what I've done. Ryan Giggs was great at recovery and preparation, done yoga and stuff like that. Took that out of his, of his, of his book. Roy Keane, leadership, the way he demanded standards on a daily basis, skulls, his best levels in training every day. Like all them things, I was just trying to, trying to be like little pe- part, uh, parts of different people. Mm. And then that allows hopefully for you to grow into a better person, a better player, etc. And I think that's the same with, with, other industries and business since I retired it's like you go in and try and be like someone else you're going to fail because you can't be like the original but if you're taking bits from elsewhere you might be able to get beyond that what you see as the best because you're getting more you're taking more good things from that person but then from various other people to build maybe past that mm. and that's the way I try and work with stuff now in my life there's no one person going to make that's going to make me the best at what I want to be mm. but a a group and taken from everywhere, I've got a better chance. 